Long History, Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia, Part 7 The Particularities of the Country of Virginia Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Long History. In this current series we're looking at Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia, particularly at seven documents relating to the early settlement and exploration of Virginia. This all took place in the 1580s and in this set of documents we look at Elizabeth I giving Sir Walter Raleigh permission to settle these lands. We also look at five journeys, but in the document we're starting in this episode, we're looking at a document which covers what happened in the year between the two journeys described in our previous episode. The British settlers spent all that time trying to scratch a living and set up a colony. We'll find out more details here. This particular document will be covered in six episodes, and if you haven't listened to all of our episodes about Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia, I'm sure the first episode will just be a few scrolls and clicks away, or they're all gathered together on our website, longhistory.net, where there's also lots to explore. Here on Long History we cover the very source documents of history, splitting them up into chunks of around 10 minutes, for people who like their history raw and unedited. So here we go with the document explaining what happened to the first British settlers in Virginia. Sir Walter Raleigh in Virginia, Part 7, The Peculiarities of the Country of Virginia An account of the particularities of the employments of the Englishmen left in Virginia by Richard Greenville, under the charge of Master Ralph Lane, General of the same. From the 17th of August 1585 until the 18th of June 1586, at which time they departed the country sent and directed to Sir Walter Raleigh. That I may proceed with order in this discourse, I think it requisite to divide it into two parts. The first shall declare the particularities of such parts of the country within the main, as our weak number and supply of things necessary did enable us to enter into the discovery of. The second part shall set down the reasons generally moving us to resolve on our departure at the instant with the General, Sir Francis Drake, and our common request for passage with him, when the barks, pinnaces and boats with the masters and mariners meant by him to be left in the country for the supply of such, as for a further time meant to have stayed there, were carried away with tempest and foul weather, in the beginning whereof shall be declared the conspiracy of Pemisapan with the savages of the main to have cut us off, etc. The first part declaring the particularities of the country of Virginia. First, therefore, touching the particularities of the country, you shall understand that our discovery of the same hath been extended from the island of Roanoke the same having been the place of our settlement or habitation, into the south, into the north, into the northwest, and into the west. The uttermost place to the southward of any discovery was Secotan, being by estimation fourscore miles distant from Roanoke. The passage from thence was through a broad sound within the main, the same being without kenning of land, and yet full of flats and shoals. 
we had but one boat with four oars to pass through the same, which boat could not carry above fifteen men with their furniture, baggage and victual for seven days at the most. And as for our pinnace, besides that she drew too deep water for that shallow sound, she would not stir for an oar. For these and other reasons, winter also being at hand, we thought good wholly to leave the discovery of those parts until our stronger supply. To the northward, our furthest discovery was to the Chesepians, distant from Roanoke about 130 miles. The passage to it was very shallow and most dangerous, by reason of the breadth of the sound, and the little succour that upon any flow was there to be had. But the territory and soil of the Chesepians, being distant fifteen miles from the shore, was, for pleasantness of seat, for temperature of climate, for fertilise of soil, and for the commodity of the sea, besides multitude of bears, being an excellent good victual, with great woods of sassafras and walnut trees, is not to be excelled by any other whatsoever. There be sundry kings, whom they call Weroances, and countries of great fertility adjoining to the same, as the Mandoages, Tripaniks, and Asopians, which all came to visit the colony of the English, which I had for a time appointed to be resident there. To the northwest, the farthest place of our discovery was to Chowanook, distant from Roanoke about 130 miles. Our passage thither lieth through a broad sound, but all fresh water, and the channel of a great depth, navigable for good shipping, but out of the channel full of shoals. The towns about the water's side situated by the way are these following. Pasaquenoke, the woman's town, Chepanoc, Wepomeoc, Muscamungue and Metaquain, all these being under the jurisdiction of the king of Wepomeoc, called Oquisco. From Muscamungue we enter into the river and jurisdiction of Chawanuk. There the river beginneth to straighten until it come to Chawanuk, then it groweth to be as narrow as the Thames between Westminster and Lambeth. Between Muscamungay and Chawanook, upon the left hand as we pass thither, is a goodly high land, and there is a town which we called the Blind Town, but the savages call it Ohanoke, and hath a very goodly cornfield belonging unto it. It is subject to Chawanook. Chawanook itself is the greatest province and seigneury lying upon that river, and that the town itself is able to put 700 fighting men into the field, besides the force of the province itself. The king of the said province is called Menatonon, a man impotent in his limbs, but otherwise for a savage, a very grave and wise man, and of a very good discourse in manners concerning the state, not only of his own country and the disposition of his own men, but also of his neighbours round about him, as well far as near, and of the commodities that each country yieldeth. When I had him prisoner with me, 
For two days that we were together, he gave me more understanding and light of the country than I had received by all the searches and savages that before I, or any of my company, had had conference with. It was in March, last past, 1586. Amongst other things he told me, that going three days' journey in a canoe up his river of Chawanook, and then descending to the land, you are within four days' journey to pass over land northeast to a certain king's country, whose province lieth upon the sea, but his place of greater strength is an island situate, as he described unto me, in a bay, the water round about the island very deep. Out of this bay, he signified unto me, that this king had so great quantity of pearl, and doeth so ordinarily take the same, as that not only his own skins that he weareth, and the better sort of his gentlemen and followers are full set with the said pearl, but also his beds and houses are garnished with them, and that he hath such quantity of them that it is a wonder to see. He showed me that the said king was with him at Chawanook two years before, and brought him certain pearl, but the same of the worst sort, yet he was fain to buy them of him for copper at a dear rate, as he thought. He gave me a rope of the same pearl, but they were black and naught, yet many of them were very great, and a few, amongst a number, very orient and round, all which I lost with other things of mine coming aboard Sir Francis Drake his fleet. Yet he told me that the said king had great store of pearl that were white, great and round, and that his black pearl his men did take out of shallow water, but the white pearl his men fished for in very deep water. It seemed to me by his speech that the said king had traffic with white men that had clothes as we have for these white pearl, and that was the reason that he would not depart with other than with black pearls to those of the same country. The king of Chawanook promised to give me guides to go over land into that king's country, whensoever I would. But he advised me to take good store of men with me, and good store of victual, for he said, that king would be loath to suffer any strangers to enter into his country, and especially to meddle with the fishing for any pearl there, and that he was able to make great many of men into the field which he said would fight very well. So the writer of this document at one point mentions a place called Chesapeans, and a footnote in the text says that that's Chesapeake Bay today. And one noticeable thing about this document as it begins is that it mentions Sir Francis Drake and these men breaking away from Roanoke and this area of Virginia. So we know from this that this whole document is written in retrospect and isn't, for example, a diary of events during that year. We can see the English getting to know the local area and meeting lots of different peoples. In the next episode we'll hear more about the plans of the English settlers, but then the narrative will switch to tell us about this Pemisapan, Pemisapan, I'm never quite sure how to pronounce these names, and this is one of the local leaders who takes against the English and conspires against them 
creating what the text calls a confederacy of local peoples against the English. If you've enjoyed this episode, please, before you move on, do give it a like. So this is the first of six episodes where we relate a particular document about the time that the British spent in Virginia, but it is part seven of an 18-part series overall. This was Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia, part seven, the peculiarities of the country of Virginia. Goodbye.